Welcome back to the Fully Express Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Roland, and I am joined by a dear brother of mine today, Alex Terranova. Alex is an executive and leadership coach, as well as a success alchemist. He's also an author, a leader of men's retreats and groups, and he even invented a contest to meet his now wife. I'm so excited for you to hear his story. He has so much goodness to share. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. What's up? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited for this conversation because I know you, of all people, like just have so much juice to share, especially mm. with men. And your personal story, as well as your experience as a coach, your experience with working with men, all of it is just like full of so much goodness for us to, to look at and to learn from. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, there's so many ways, there's so many directions I can go when I think tell, tell you about myself. Let's let's start with a fun, my favorite thing to say is I used to be an asshole. Um, and I hope I can say that on your on your show. I think oh, I can because you gotta be fully expressed, right? Um but yeah, I and when I say that, I specifically mean I was living fully from my ego. So I I grew up in Los Angeles. I lived in New York. Uh, and so two places that are really driven by status, money, looks, your job title. And while I I wasn't while I naturally have always kind of been like a fuck you to like the rules and the establishment and like the things you're supposed to do. So I couldn't like go be on like Wall Street or something because that was like too, you know, no suit and tie. I, I opened restaurants and bars for a living. I feel like I spent my time either uh, working or chasing women or trying to get a cooler car uh, or trying to get money so I could like, you know, get gadgets and like silly things that we don't really need. And all of that's fine. Um, but at the end of the day, at like 30 years old, I realized I was a really kind of miserable, unhappy person who was quite negative. Um, and not nice in a lot of ways, right? Like I wasn't out there like doing horrible things, right? I wasn't, I wasn't hurting people. Um, maybe I was being mean to some people or not sensitive and whatnot, but I was just, uh, I just wasn't living like, in alignment with the person that I really was, you know, was, there was like, there was like two versions of me. There's this, there's this version who was like a really good guy and, and really wanted to connect and love and be seen and heard and let other people. And that guy would lived in a big shadow to the ego version. Um, and luckily, uh, about, I don't know, 2014, um, my cousin, who is deeply, deeply spiritual, and I'm so grateful, was like having a moment on a family vacation. You know how we all have moments on family vacations? And to try to kind of calibrate the family, she asked us all what we were grateful for. And in a split second, it was like the universe smacked me across the face or punched me in the nose. And I had this deep, deep, profound realization that if I continued to live the way I was living, I was going to be an old man and I'd be alone and unhappy um, and would have let my whole life kind of would have squandered my life. And in that moment, I decided I needed to change and I needed to, and I didn't know what that, I just knew it was, it was like, get right. You're like smacked upside the head and you're like, whoa, this is, this isn't going to work anymore, but I don't necessarily know what there is. And so that was like 2014 and I began a, a a uh, a deep dive into looking at everything 
how I can eat different, exercise different, think different, spend time with different people, love different, work different. And uh, that led me to accomplishment coaching, which which is how we, you and I, like through that world is how we got connected. Um, but that led me to like books and personal development and and disconnecting from sports and disconnecting from the bar industry and disconnecting from my career and and just trying things I never would have tried. And so now here we are, right? Uh, almost ten years later, and I, I work for myself. I married the most incredible woman that would have never gave me the time of day. 10 years ago. Um, I live where I want to live. I live the kind of life I want to live. And I get to like help other people do the same thing. Because I think unfortunately, there's, we're actually conditioned in a lot of ways, especially as men, but even women too, in this, in like the world that we live in a, a capitalistic world, to put money on an altar, and like chase that and everything else, we come behind that and everyone else does too. And so I've been fortunate enough to, I want to say, I don't want to say I have it all figured out, but navigated enough, right, that I can uh, help other people figure it out and uh, get to lives where they can be really successful, but also be the people they want to be and love the lives that they live. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I was hoping that you would say that beginning part because <laughs> I know a little bit of your story and I was like... Mm, there's lots of juice in where you started from. So I'm really glad that you shared that. And thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think that that's so relatable for so many people, but especially men, right? Like that story that men need to be successful, like you said, putting money on an altar, chasing that success. Um, and that that is the thing that will bring you happiness. That is the thing that will bring you fulfillment. It's the thing that will bring you relationships. I love that you even mentioned that, yeah, Evan wouldn't have given you the time of day, even if you were making a ton of money. Like, right? yeah. like, and so really looking at like, what is this? What does it mean to live in alignment with the person who you really are? I love that that's how you put it. Um, so, you know, I'm present to the fact that we heard like the beginning and what's like, the present end. And I know that there's a lot in between there. <laughs> so I'm curious for you, like, what are some of the biggest lessons um, within mm. that, that you had to learn and that you kind of had to unravel for yourself along the way? Here's something that I was doing along the way that I'm able to have language around now. I didn't have the language when it was happening, right? I was like in it, but I didn't, now I can look back, you know, we're specifically as men. And I think women have their own version of this. I just can't specifically speak to it, right? That's not my experience. But I think as men, we are we are uh, raised to to in a way to be like good boys. Like how do you make a man like a like how do you turn a little boy into a good boy? And two things happen. We either become good boys and those good boys become nice guys and they have no fire in their belly and they get pushed all over and they have no intensity and no passion and no fire and no flair. And they, they end up with like good enough, fine, apathetic lives. Doesn't mean they can't make money or be successful, but it's like, it's just going to get you fine. And, and, and who good, right? The other version is the ones that don't become good boys, right? Like we reject that. We, we either push against it, we fight against it, or maybe we don't have the parents that, turn us into that. We, we actually become like bad boys. And there's a, there's a, uh, a spectrum here, right? It's not, it's not just like one or the other. There's, there's versions of it. Um, one of the things I saw was that I didn't want to be a bad boy because 
they lost like bad boys lost privileges and opportunities and all these things. Right. And they were like, you know, in trouble. Right. But good boys were lame and boring and had again, no fire in their belly. So I, as a, as a, as a young person developed a very, I used to say, this was great. Like I wanted to be like Zach Morris from saved by the bell. Right. Like everybody loved that per that character, but he was kind of a dick. Like he took advantage of everyone and manipulated everyone, but he always got away with it. And as a, as a, as a young person, I was like, Oh my God, I want to be able to get away with everything I can get away with. Um, and my mom used to say when I was growing up, Oh, Alex will find the line and walk right on it. But when he falls, he'll fall on the side that has him not get in trouble. And that was the case for such a long time. And I was able to get away with everything. And I think a lot of that on, in, in the world that we live in now that I recognize I'm older has comes with some privilege too, right? If I was like a black man, that would not, I would not have been able to play that same game as a white guy growing up in Los Angeles. Like, and I didn't know that at the time, right? I can look back and go, wow, my privilege afforded me a lot of that uh, leeway to play in. Um, and as an adult, this was costing me huge. I wasn't all in on anything, right? That that ability to like kind of fall always on the right side, but walk the line had me always find a back door to everything. So I could like leave any job, I could leave any relationship, I could leave any commitment, like unscathed. So I'm never fully committed to anything. If you're not fully committed to anything, how far are you going to go? But I also was never not committed, right? I was never out of anything. So one of my first big breakthroughs were like, hey, you're either all in or you're all out of things. Like, but you're actually not either. Like, what would it look like to start becoming committed and disciplined and start creating integrity in your life? And that would, that has been, uh, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about how much integrity ma- matters. I think especially, I think for all humans, I want to say especially for men, but I think really for all humans, integrity is, it is not only your compass, but it's like your barometer. It, it like, it's the thing that balances and holds everything in your life. And when you're out of integrity, your life falls apart, sinks, spills, cracks, breaks. And when you're in integrity, no matter what happens, you're able to navigate whatever shows up when you're in integrity. And so, so really learning that like about integrity and that concept and being able to choose like powerfully into things and take on commitments and be disciplined and be responsible for my life and the impact of my life on others. Unbelievable. Like, game changer. And I think that that's like one of the main things I do with men, whether it be like one-on-one coaching or at retreats is, Hey, if you're not a hundred percent leading your life, then everything else, fuck all everything else. Like it's just going to fall apart. Cause you are, you're the foundation of all of it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So good. Yeah. I really like how you put that, that you weren't all in on anything. And I think that that's a trap that a lot of people fall into this like idea that, you know, well, of course you can try anything and, and and dabble in whatever, but like, it's like, is your heart in it more than anything? It's like less about what it looks like on the outside and more is like, are you fully in mentally and, and emotionally? And 
I love that you brought up integrity because I agree like with in my own life and with the men that I work with, integrity is number one. Like, and you can feel it the second that you're out of integrity and how it impacts everything that you do. And I'm curious, you know, of course I have an interpretation of what integrity means, but for those out there who like never even heard that word in relationship to their daily lives or their spiritual practice, like what does that actually mean to you and how do you see it play out for men that you work with? I think the simple answer of what is integrity or how do I describe it is that, and I I know I feel like you've heard this before, is like your thoughts, your words, and your actions are in alignment. But the way that I think that looks more in a complex way or the way it actually looks in our life is who you say you are. You show up and behave as that person. Your actions are that are, are connected to that. The way you spend your money is connected to that. The way you lead is connected to that. The way you drive, the way you do relationships. When things fall apart and get shitty and messy, like who you respond in those situations is aligned with that, who you say you are as a person. And um, the community that you surround yourself with aligns with that. Your mission, your purpose, your goals are connected to that. And where you're headed is connected to that. So I often think of it, my life as, as a ship. And, um, the first thing I go is like, what kind of ship do I want to be on? So, right. A Disney cruise and a Navy vessel are way different experiences. A pirate ship is a way different experience. So what kind of ship do I want to be on? Um, for me, I, I say that my ship is like a vacation. Because on vacations, I still do a lot of stuff. I exercise, I travel, I sightsee, I socialize, I read, I relax. But the difference between a vacation and my normal life is my mindset about it. I'm like loving every minute, appreciating every minute, really uh, like um, just like holding it all to be special and reverent for it. And then who are the people that are on that ship with me? Because some people can't be on that ship. I can stop at the dock sometimes and hang out with them and go have a beer with them. And I got to leave them and that ship's going to sail on somewhere else. Right. And I don't have to just like cut everyone out of my life, but who's on the ship that supports the life I want to live. What's the energy on that ship with those people? What's it about? What are we committed to? How do we support each other? How do we stand for each other? And then the thing is like, where is that ship going? Like what's the destination of it? And if you can put those things together in a way, uh, in a, in a concrete way, that's under that, that is, um, understandable, tangible with, with, with metrics and whatnot, then no matter what storms come, no matter what, um, currents come, no matter how the wind blows, no matter, like, no matter if, if somebody gets on the ship that shouldn't be on it, you are able to navigate yourself back on track to where you say you're headed. And to me, that's, that is how I, the barometer of my integrity is I know the man that I want people to talk about when I die. And if I'm not behaving as that man, I'm not acting as that man, I'm not speaking as that man, I'm not working to become that man, then that man will never exist. So, right, I like have him in the future and I have to create him every day to get him there or to become him, I would say. Mm, Yeah, so good. I really appreciate how you also described the vacation mindset of that because I think we could all use a little bit more of that. I was actually just having a conversation with my coach this morning about how, uh, yeah, like I always tend to, well, 
I'm, I'm recovering perfectionist still, right? So I like to take on a lot of things. I like to be committed to a lot of things. I like to develop my skills in a lot of different areas and I like to be really good at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> and wrong with I that. will drive myself crazy trying to get there and also beat myself up being like, you're committed to all these things, but you're not dedicating enough time to them. Or like, like you need to get through this or you need to get to the goal or whatever and not actually enjoy it. Right. Like yeah. I found myself last night, I was reading, um, my, one of my favorite books of all time. It's like my favorite fiction book. It's my third time reading it. And I purposely chose to read it cause I love it so much. And it's like a 700 page book. And I'm laying there being like, Oh man, it's going to take me forever to read this because I only read for like 15 minutes a night before bed, before I'm sleepy, before I need to go to sleep, whatever. And I'm like, it's going to take me forever to get through this thing. And then I realized like, wait, the whole point of reading this is for like joy and entertainment. (laughs) Like, why am I just trying to like rush through it in order to check it off the list, you know? Um, so I love that vacation mindset because I, I'm the same way as you. Like, even if I'm on vacation, I'm still doing a lot of things and, but like, I get to enjoy them in a different way that I don't always choose to embody when I'm at home. So that really resonated for me. <laughs> this thing that I, I think that I have to remind myself of too, cause like you, I want to be good at the things that I do. Often if I'm not good at them, I'm like, I don't want to do them. I actually put myself into things that I'm not good at so I can exercise that muscle because that's the only way we can expand, right? But I think about life often as we get to pick whether we want to play a win-win or a zero-sum game. And the way Mm -hmm. I see that is the way most of us do life is 100% focused on the result. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you were speaking. And if we get the result, we're like so happy for like a minute and then we have to go do it again. Right. And often when we play it that way, right, we're having your experience where we're like struggling or it's hard or it's difficult or we're suffering. And we actually are missing the whole journey because we're just eye on the prize, the result. And sometimes we get the prize and it's great for that minute. And then sometimes we don't, but either way it's on to the next. And to me, that's like the zero sum because we kind of lose either way. Mm -hmm. And the win-win to me is how do we find a way to fall in love with, you know, people talk about it like being a journey. I think, I think of it as an adventure. How do you create an adventure of your life that you, and that's, that's for me. So you could create whatever name you want, but for me, it's like, how do I make my life an adventure that I'm on that I'm enjoying? Right. I don't know what's going to show up. There's going to be surprises, twists and turns. Things are going to be great. They're not going to be great, but that's, that's the whole point of an adventure, right? We wouldn't watch an adventure movie if it was like boring or we knew it was going to happen. We want that journey. That's what keeps us in our seats and excited. So how do I make my life an adventure? And if at the end of the adventure, I get the prize, like I get the result, well, that's like a double bonus. But sometimes at the end of great adventures, you don't get the prize. Mm-hmm. And what I, what you notice in those people still got the prize because the, they spent 90% of the adventure loving the experience. And the small percent now they didn't get, whereas in the zero-sum game, they lost the 90% and they got the 10. And so like that for me is a big deal as to reminding myself, yeah, the goals matter, the results matter. But if the journey or the adventure is not where the most of my attention is on, I'm missing like 90% of this ride. Mm, Yeah. 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 
I love that. Yeah, my mind always kind of tends to think in terms of masculine and feminine energy too. And so what I hear in that too is like that embodying that feminine energy of really enjoying and receiving the process as well as creating it and like being more focused on the process than the goal, right? So like that masculine energy is the goal-oriented energy then the feminine is the process-oriented. And that is something that I definitely find, especially with my male clients and again with myself all the time because mm-hmm. I'm conditioned for the same things. <laughs> is that the goal becomes the energy that I'm embodying versus, yeah, like you're saying, making it a process-oriented adventure. Um, So it's awesome. How do you find that um, you personally like remind yourself to really embody that? And then also with your clients, like helping them to focus on enjoying that adventure rather than just the goal? For me personally, one of the things I've really noticed, I was just talking about this this morning with with a friend. Um, when I'm really working my hardest, I'm usually the most unhappy. And somehow, oddly, I'm also getting the least results. <laughs> I don't, I can't explain. Like when I'm doing the most work, putting in the most effort, like really pushing it, it seems like that I actually, I'm like moving the, the cars going as slow as possible somehow. And when I lean back, surrender, start doing things that are more enjoyable, more fun, get outside in nature more, get more creative, let go of the, the attachment to like the, the, the outcomes of actual actions. All of a sudden it's like the floodgates are open. And the only way I can even like, I feel like you get this and it's because I know you, but the only way I can like feel like I can explain this to someone is if you were driving a a car and you were going really, really fast and you were super tense and you were like trying to control every, you actually have way less control. You'd lose control of the car. There's a part of you that actually has to be relaxed, right? Like race car drivers are not like gripping for dear life, like fully tense in their body, they're actually very, they have to be very relaxed. Another um, way that I would think of this, I was just watching a documentary on, on diving um, divers that like, I forget what it's like free diving, I guess. Um, Right. No oxygen. They just go really far down and it's like whoever can go the farthest. And what they talked about is the P the, this diver that was the main part of the documentary was she was like the most determined, hardest working, but she couldn't get past like the record that she wanted. And she realized that it wasn't a, how hard can I work? How hard can I push myself? It was actually mental. It was how calm can I make myself? Cause the calmer her body was the more efficient her body was with the oxygen and the blood flow and whatever. So everything became about getting her as calm as possible. And then as she went down and came back up, like staying in that state. Um, and it's counterintuitive, right? It's like, no, I got to get down fast and get up fast to, to make it work. But it's actually like that, that the, the way that the masculine I think gets applied is the masculine is what has like, let's say this diver, practice every day calming herself but the calming is the feminine the the practice of diving every day is the masculine the how the diving is done every day is the feminine right and so in like when i'm i'm still working 
when I like let go of that, that vice grip, but I'm actually integrating the two. I'm still sitting down at my desk. I'm still taking actions. I'm still doing things that would lead to a result, but I'm also like bringing in the flow and the ease and the trust and the surrender and, and like letting grow of the grip of something. Cause if I'm not gripping something, I actually have my hands open and I can receive something. Amen. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm always preaching to people about how it's not just like completely flipping from the masculine to the feminine or vice versa. It's about balancing both. Um, and it reminded me of how we were talking right before we started recording about this new cold plunge that I have, you know, <laughs> I have the same experience where like I'm in there and yeah. there have been a couple of times where I'm like, Oh my God, how much time is left? And that just makes it so much harder. The suffering is worse. Like the yeah. second that I'm focusing on how much time is left or getting through it, that just is awful. But the second that I stop and start breathing and calm myself and just stay with the moment and stay with my breath and allow my body to just feel what's happening and to just be there, the timer goes off like the next second, it feels like. Yeah. And so I totally get that. I totally get that. Oh, the cold plunge is like one, probably one of the, it's probably like a top five thing someone can do to to show you how you show up in life when something like how you if you drop take any random person no training and put them in a cold plunge who they who they are in that moment is going to tell you exactly who they are when things are terrible doesn't mean that's how they stay right but it's going to show you your instant biological response to like fear and terror and and that's not a thing bad right we all would have we all would have a dramatic response to it but what you're practicing and what I've tried to practice on cold plunges is rough is, uh, is like we get to change that biological reaction to terror, mm -hmm. to fear, to discomfort. And it doesn't mean it's ever going to be like, we're not all going to be Wim Hof, right? We don't have to be. That's like his, he's, we don't all have to be the best at everything. That's like his thing. But if we can like expand that muscle, strengthen that muscle, then the way we show up in other places when that like extreme moment hits, will be that much better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big reason why I'm even doing this. Like some, as I, as I prepared to start, I'm only a week into my practice, but as I prepared to start, I was, you know, researching, trying to understand and um, really trying to get to the root of why I'm doing this other than what I thought I heard about and things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, Andrew Huberman, um, I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah. he's, yeah, big podcast neuroscientist for those who don't know out of Stanford who has a big podcast about health and fitness and goes into all the science behind it. He talks about how, first of all, of course, the cold plunge itself, the cold exposure itself releases um, high levels of dopamine and serotonin in your body. So happy drugs right there you that you get alive, to have right like, yeah. most of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not just the cold plunge itself. There's something about when you do something difficult first, yeah. whether it's yeah. a cold plunge or just that thing you've been procrastinating on, that yeah. once you've completed that, that in and of self releases dopamine as well. Mm. And our bodies and our brains are actually 
built to adapt. And we actually get happier the more we challenge ourselves, which reminds me of what we were also talking about earlier too, where you were just coming out of this period where you were like trying to stay in the comfort zone, but not actually happy. And so I would love to have you talk a little bit more about that too. You know, it's, it's, it's a perfect, you know, we were talking about the vacation thing a minute ago. Do you not, do you ever have the feeling when you're on like a vacation, you take time off that there's a, there's a threshold moment that you cross over and suddenly it's actually not enjoyable anymore. Like you're like bored or you feel like kind of worthless or like, what, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And we all have different thresholds, right? Some people can like literally could take a full week and do nothing and just lie on a beach. Some people, maybe it's a month, right? I don't, I don't know. And there's no judgment how long it, but we, I, I would assert that we all have a moment where all of a sudden we like start to feel like kind of like point like what's the what's our point what's our purpose what's our this we feel worthless we feel stuck lethargic static right that's like why we do things like put kids in camp and do all these things right we keep there's something to to be said about actually being busy and i don't mean busy for busy sake but having something that you have your attention on um mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons the rock is seems like one of the best people and like the happiest person is he's always got like some, he's got a million projects and they don't feel like busy work. It seems like he's passionate about everything he does. And I heard this recently, somebody saying it, when you do that, you don't have time to sit around and think about like, woe is me and what's wrong with my life. And why don't I have what they have? Cause you're up to shit. You're doing shit. And, and if you think about, I don't think people like hundreds of years ago suffered from like depression and anxiety the way we do now. Because their days were jam-packed. They had to farm. They had to get water. They had to clean themselves. They had to take care of animals, right? Building things took a long time. And all of a sudden, we've, we've made life so simple, like in a lot of ways, and not for everyone, right? Like this is, but for people that I would say like listening to podcasts um, <laughs> with a lot of technology, we've, we've simplified our life so much that we have so much free time. Think about that we can spend on like social media or do or watching streaming shows like hours of TV that we have all this time that we get to just sit up here in our heads, which is like the worst place we can be sitting. (laughs) Um, So I, to say all this, I bring it back to that. um, My, I notice my threshold is like two, three days. I can pretty much do absolutely nothing for two to three days. Like literally just, I could be on Netflix for three days straight and not move and be fine. Somewhere in that two to three day point, I start to go, am I a worthless piece of shit? Am I like wasting my, like I start to question, am I wasting my whole life? I'm a loser, right? Like my wife should leave me. I start to question everything. Um, and what I noticed is um, it's just about lack of, like I'm like off out of integrity. Like I'm not following through on my purpose. And, um, so when I, I'm like off of your question, I'm trying, I was trying to connect this and I think I went too far away. Um, so, so for me, do you remember what your question was? Can you ask me, do you remember what it was? Cause I was trying to tie it back or no. Um, about how you are coming out of this period of wanting to be comfortable. Got it. So this idea expands to anything, right? If we, if at, okay, at one point, I remember when I started coaching, I was like, I want to live, I want to be able to buy something by the beach. Um, I was living in New York at the time, but something by the beach in like Southern California. I actually had a vision of San Diego living by the beach. Uh, it's like a, uh, like a getaway home. I actually live here full time though now. Um, and 
I, uh, I like at one point I wanted a golf cart. Uh, I, you know, I wanted like when I started, I was like, I just want to have a six figure business. Like, oh my God, if I could build a six figure business, that would be amazing as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, and at some point I decided I wanted to get married and all these things. Well, over the last, let's just say decade, I've created, I wanted to write a book. Like I've created all these things and done a lot of these things I've wanted. That's great. And now it's like, there was a moment where I was that version of that life was like the two, three day doing nothing. So I've been in that life, this great life that I'm so grateful for. And I, so I'm like, I can't believe, I almost at times can't believe I was able to create it, but I've been sitting in it for like too long. And I, and over the last, I was sharing with you six months to the last year, I was in this, like, I'm bored. I'm right. I was spending too much time in my head. Like I'm bored. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Um, Maybe I should like do something different who like just asking all these questions, but not like, not like I'm still just like metaphorically speaking, just like lying on the beach like wondering what I should do with my time or my life. And what I have seen is this is just a bigger version of that small thing that like, Hey, it's time to, to like create the next things to create the next. It doesn't have to be, I think the thing that we get caught up in is we often think, well, I wrote a book. I should write another book. Uh, I, I crossed six figures. Now I should try to get to seven figures. It, it does. I bought a house. I should buy a bigger house. I think that's actually really silly. It could be like, wow, I want to write music. I want to do, go and, I, you know, something I feel called to do is I really want to be a helper on plant medicine experiences. So I don't necessarily want to be in the experience as the participant and I don't want to lead it, but I would love to sit with like a shaman or someone and be one of the people who just like helps take care of the people. And there's going to be a learning curve there because sometimes that stuff gets messy and that's not the so going, Hey, it's time to actually step out of this two or three day or whatever amount of time comfort space and start saying yes to like more difficult, more challenging things that are going to actually, while at first it feels like, "Eh, I don't want that because I'm sitting here and it feels so good, but it actually doesn't. I'm right. It's like, I think we all know that moment where we're like sitting on the couch watching TV and we like don't want to get off the couch to do something because that feels like hard, but we're actually <laughs> not happy on the couch anymore. We're yeah. like checking our phone, we're bored, but yet we, we're like in that in-between. That in-between space is like nasty. I think that in-between space, can we can get stuck there for so long. Yes. And it's like that in-between space is the moment that you're like, I got to do something. I got to take an action right now. I got to try something new. I got to make a choice. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I very much feel that. Um, share a little woo-woo experience that's similar, but I feel like anybody who listens to me knows I'm a little woo-woo. But I, um, I saw an Akashic uh, healer and an energy reader a couple months ago, and I was. Um, re-listening to our session the other night because uh, she records it and sends it so that you can always go back. And when I went to see her, I thought she was going to be like, you know, because for the past like six months, a year, I've been working really hard to um, become a space holder leader for medicine spaces. A big part of that is sound and sound mm-hmm. healing and breath work and all that, right? 
And, and you're good. I got to experience, I've gotten to experience you. it. You're incredible at it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I feel really good about it. I feel really good about my skill level. I feel really about really good about my capabilities. And I thought I was going to go into that session and she was going to be like, yes, that is it. Keep going with that. Like stay with the sound healing, stay with the breath work, stay with the medicine. Like that's your path. That's the thing that's going to get you to where you want to be. And no, she like gave me completely <laughs> different things, like having to do with color and hypnosis and all this other stuff. Anyway, I won't get too far into it, but just not what I expected at all. So after she's done channeling, I say this to her. I'm like, you know, this is all well and good, but like, I really thought you were going to tell me that I am on the right path. And I was really kind of hoping for that. <laughs> and she's like, the image that I'm being given right now from spirit is this image of like a ladder where mm. the sound healing and the breath work and all that stuff, incredibly important on your path, but it's one rung of the ladder. Yeah. And it was the rung that you needed to get to this next thing that I'm talking about. Yeah. And the message I'm hearing for you is that there will always be more rungs of the ladder. Yeah. And you can rest in the thing you like in the next rung for a little bit if you want, but keep looking for the next one. Keep being open to the next one because there will always be more. And you yeah. won't be happy if you stay at one rung. And yeah. so it's a very similar idea where it's like, yeah, like enjoy what you created for sure. Absolutely. Enjoy in it. Revel in it. And there's likely something else for you beyond it. <laughs> so, yeah, super cool. Yeah, it's so it's it's really it's very true. I love that ladder metaphor. Somebody said to me once, people that climb like climb scale mountains, they climb and they they journey to the top and they take in the view. They don't build a house on the top and stay there forever. They right. go find the next mountain to climb. Mm, um, yeah. And it's, but they do, but they do take in the view, right? They do take in, they celebrate it and they enjoy it and they learn from it. And then they choose. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's also nothing wrong with if you say, Hey, I want to build a house on the top of a mountain. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there likely will be a point where you're like, Oh, this view is actually not what it once was. Mm. It's time to go get a view of a lake, right? Or mm -hmm. something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's another really good example of what we're talking about of like that balance of the masculine and feminine because just like a simple example of like people keep asking me ever since I moved to California, like, oh, are you going to stay there forever? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> I'm like, let maybe? me check my magic. Yeah, let me check my magic eight ball. Hold on. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> And it's this thing where I'm like, yeah, you know, I've I've learned enough, experienced enough, gone through enough that I I'm perfectly okay with the idea that I have no idea where I'll be next week, let alone like in 50 years. So it's totally open, right? And it's like I'm really enjoying this now. If you asked me right now, are you going to stay here for a while? Yeah, I would like to, but that could literally change tomorrow. So this idea of like, yeah, having a a, a structure for your life, a, an idea of what you want, 
but also keeping it open to like whatever could happen yeah. that that flow and that ease within that structure in that container as well yeah. yeah i don't know how you me and me and evan my my wife for people listening like we don't we talk about this all the time like is san diego our forever we we have no idea you know we we know that the place we currently live in our current house is like not the house that we want to raise a family in um it's not necessarily the house it's actually not even the house we want to have our, our baby in but it's a and it's great. We just we we can feel that, but we don't know what the next thing is. And we've actually been struggling with like trying to choose. And something that we've gotten some great feedback and support around is, hey, can you can you surrender and just listen and see what feels like it might be calling to you, mm-hmm. versus like trying to like frantically pick where because we're not in like a rush. And let's right. see where, you know, like almost like where the wind or the stream like takes us. And then we have to make some choices, right? And we have to be open. But yeah, I don't, I don't, it's crazy. I don't know how anyone knows I'm going to live here forever. Like that to me, there's nothing wrong with like loving a place so much to think like that it's your, I think that's a beautiful thing to think like, oh my God, I really love this place. I could see myself being here forever. But to like be like so firm in the like, I'm never leaving. <laughs> It's like, yeah. do you know how many things you're cutting yourself off from? Like, you just yeah. have no idea what opportunities could arise. Yeah, that you're just kind of, you know, blinder to. Yeah, and I think that that also relates to exactly what we started this conversation talking about, though. Like, getting caught up in like chasing money, chasing success, chasing a version of what you think your life should look like, because. For so long, that was the way that people measured what, like, how good your life was, right? Like, yeah. you have, a, have you bought a home in one place? Are you near your family? Are you creating a family? Do you have a good job, right? And so, really getting attached to, like, in order to look happy, in order to be happy, it needs to look like X, Y, Z. Like you even said, like you were doing all these things, but you still weren't happy, right? And so, mm-hmm. I think it's that mm-hmm. attachment that we're taught to really have to certain things that supposedly mean that we're doing well. (laughs) And it actually takes a lot of courage to be unattached. Like it's actually taken a lot for me to get to this place where I'm like, well, who knows? (laughs) And that's perfectly okay with me. Cause even like you're talking about people responding to fear and discomfort, like so many people would have such a hard time with that. And that's totally normal. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely tough to think like some of the ideas that we have are not necessarily my favorite, like around where we'd live. And then I get to instead, you know, I get to look at it. Like, why am I triggered? Right. Why does that Mm -hmm. place light up something inside of me that's screaming? No, could Mm -hmm. be like, there could, could be a great internal intuition warning. It could also be fear, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, but it's like, if we're not willing to to look, then we don't actually know what's going on. Mm. I think that um, off so often that's what's like actually showing up for people is they're like they're they think their intuition is giving them a hit, and it's actually their fear is 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 controlling them. Um, yes, but that takes like you got to be willing to like play with that, and also know that most of the time when your fear is kicking in. Look, unless we're talking about actual safety here, like like life and death, physical harm, you know, that kind of thing. Like, let's take those out. 
um, fear is, is trying to keep us on the couch and watch one more episode. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so hard to get up. Like, you know, it's going to that, I don't want to do that thing or whatever. Um, but it's not our intuition. And it's, I think we're, we've done a really good job <laughs> or a really bad job as a society to get us really in touch with what we're afraid of and be really on point with like, Oh, I know that scares me. So keep it over there and away from it and really far away from our intuition. Most Mm -hmm. of us, I would say have very little connection to gut instincts, intuition, higher self that's actually trying to get through. And I know a lot of people do a lot of, a lot of meditators, a lot of people that, um, you know, that are doing practices to cultivate those things. But most of us living in a capitalistic Western world are doing the complete opposite. And it doesn't mean that we have to abandon all the things we're doing, but we can also incorporate in those other things. When I walk into my office in the morning, before I turn on the light, or my computer or sit at my desk, which I'm at right now, there's a space to the left that's like has some chairs, a carpet, you know, like it's, it's like my meditation. I like sit there first and I, and I take time to kind of ground, get, get it, create an intention. How do I want the day to go? How do I want to be right? And like get quiet for a little bit before. And, and some people think that's like very woo woo or, you know, like different medicine practices I have or spiritual practices. Sometimes like I drum while I'm sitting there. I'll almost give myself a sound bath to like change the energy. And the thing that is so crazy is every great athlete has some version of this and it's not weird at all, right? Almost every great athlete spends some time visualizing how they want to play, how they want to perform, how they want to show up. But like all of the like kind of average everyone else in our society, no, we just like run into our office with a cup of coffee and turn on our email and just get slaughtered by the onslaught of things coming at us and are, and wonder why we're like anxious and stressed out and feel like crap and hate what we do. Yeah, I don't even know how we got, how we like turned that corner and got here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm really curious for you because you know it came to me when you're talking about fear versus intuition that i really think that for most men intuition is like a brand new word kind of thing like it's not something that we're really any of us are really taught to tap into but especially men like there's a lot of talk about the female intuition but we all have intuition. And so I'm curious for you how you tap into that, how you distinguish between fear versus intuition. So I think we have to get a little more comfortable with fear because fear will pass. I think it's, it's Jamie Foxx, I think, who said something like, when I, when I, when I found out what fear was, I like stopped actually being afraid of it because I saw what was on the other side of it. And and that person was like, what was on the other side? He was like, nothing. There's nothing there. It's just, it's like this fully made up thing. Again, now we're not talking about like a tiger jumping out or you like walking down a dark alley and somebody being there who's going to hurt you, right? We're talking about like most of the fears that most of us have. Um, Quitting our jobs, leaving our partners, being committed, you know, trying to start a business, trying to do something creative, right? Trying new things, whatever. Um, 
And so I think we have to first get some facility with like, wait, that, hey, f- we're okay with this fear. We're going to be okay. We've been okay many, many times. And then when we can let that go, because I think that's the thing that we hear loudest, first of all, if you and I were in a space and let's say, let's say you and I went to some personal development. Here, here's a good one. I like heard this the other day. Um, you and I are at a personal development thing and they tell us we're going to have to do some crazy performance in front of everyone. And it's going to be like outlandish and wild. And we're like, they chose us to do it because they know we're like a little more shy and reserved. And for us to kind of like do this wild stripping dance where we have to sing and dance, we're going to like have to fully get uncomfortable, right? The first thing that's going to happen to both of us is what? Fear. Fear, terror. We're going to be terrified. (laughs) We're going to think about all the things that people are going to think about us, that how we're not going to be good enough, how people are going to judge us. So said, blah, blah, blah. That's not our intuition. We, we don't, we, we're not even there, right? Fear is screaming at us to pay attention. And if we were to able to be like, Hey, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Am I going to die? Am I going to lose a limb? Is this going to eat? Like, is this going to be an irrevocable harm to my future? Okay. No. We like can settle. We can settle our nervous system, right? Because that's like what was happening. Then we can like be like, hey, what, what's actually, what's actually coming up here? Oh, I'm like afraid of what people think of me, right? Or I'm like, right? We can start looking at that. I think once we start to get facility with that kind of conversation, then when we practice getting quiet, we can hear beyond it. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, like when we sit to meditate, the noise is so loud, mm-hmm. we don't get to actually get to anything else. So. I think for men or anyone, I think I'm, I'm a huge advocate for meditation. I don't care how you do it. I, some, there's days where I sit down and I play like um, indigenous ikaros, so like indigenous music, and I just sit quietly for 10 or 15 minutes listening to it. That's not like a special form of meditation, right? Eyes closed, sitting upright, and I just have that music playing. Sometimes I do a guided meditation. I find one about, you know, sometimes I do guided visualizations. Sometimes I just set a timer for 15 or 20 minutes and I just sit. And it didn't start like this, right? I've I've gotten to this point over years and years of meditating. But there's so many, the idea is like, can I just be in silence for a while? Because that just like that fear shows up and is so loud, I think that's the same noise that shows up when we're like in that, like all the thoughts, all the things we have to do. And if we can get the facility of like calming ourselves down, breathing through that, like you do with the ice, letting those thoughts pass, then other things start to show up. And when I think about, in, you know, why do we have a thing called our gut instinct? Our gut, we know scientifically our gut has like what more um, like neur- like neurons or I don't, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I'm not Andrew Hoverman. Right. Um, yeah. We know that our gut has like almost as many, if not more, I think of like the, like the cells or the receptors or whatever that our brain has. There's like a connection yeah, between our brain like and our gut. Brain. Yeah. 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 And we don't listen to it. We don't actually listen to our body. Right. We don't listen. We, we relate to our aches and pains as like, everything's a literal, oh, my shoulder hurts. So I did something with my shoulder versus like, maybe your shoulder hurts because you're repressing something. And that's where that pain is like being held. Um, but I like to think we, we have to get our brain calm and quiet enough so we can like listen to our body, which to me, 
That's what our intuition comes from. And I think that's why women are more in touch with it because women are actually way more connected to their bodies because to be more connected to your body, you have to be connected to your emotions and your feelings and men, most men and, and many women too, since we were little kids have suppressed all that and pushed it down. So we actually don't, we can't hear anything that's coming to it. Or when we hear it, we're like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. Get out of here. So practicing being with our fear, practicing getting quiet, um, practicing listening to that subtle voice. I think that's like our intuition, our gut doesn't scream at us. It's like gentle and it's quiet. You know, I was, we, we bought a new car the other day and my fear was screaming in my head. This is too much. We shouldn't be spending too much. Just like without logic, right? It's just screaming about all the fear. And the little voice was like, we got this. We're so good. Like we're not even on our own. We're, we're a couple. We're doing this together. We're in partnership. We believe in each other. We support each other. But that voice was like so quiet. It's like, you got this. Right. But I had to be able to like, Hey, loud voice, like we're okay. Right. Even if shit, even if everything went to shit, what's going to happen? They're going to take the car. Like that's the worst case scenario. So they take the car from you. Like, okay. <laughs> Your credit's bad. Your credit doesn't make any sense anyway. It's not a logical number. It literally, I paid off all my credit cards and my credit score went down. Like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah. I feel very similarly that, that the intuition is just like so much softer. And I love that you put it in that frame that, yeah, getting more familiar with the fear allows you to hear past it. And um, yeah, I think it's also for me personally, the softness of it is like my intuition, it works more like if it's not a full fuck yes, it's a no kind of thing. So it's not really screaming at me like you're saying like, no, 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 don't do that. No, don't do that. It doesn't really come in like that. It's more just like, hmm, mm. I'm just not 100%. There's probably a reason. And I think that there's um, a lot of discouragement from the world to honor that, <laughs> like, right? Like, because of course, you know, we're not talking about like being out of integrity or anything like that. Because going back to our earlier conversation, like you want to be in integrity with your word and what you're committed to and things like that. And there's an opportunity for you to create structures where you can be in integrity and also honor your no and honor like what your intuition is telling you. and with the overstimulated world that we live in and there's so many options all the time and you could say yes to pretty much everything. It's really hard to listen to like, am I actually a fool? Yes. <laughs> I kind of think so. Yeah. We're so different. I love that you said that. Cause I'm never a, my full yes is never loud. Mm. My full yes is like very subtle mm. and it's, I mean, I think I have, I was talking to Evan about this. Like I have 19 tattoos. I've never been a full yes to any of them. I've mm. been like, I want this. Yeah. And then I get it. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. 
And then, and then I have days of like, oh, I've messed up. I shouldn't have got this. But I actually go, oh, that's just my brain, like doing what it does. And I've never had like an issue down there. That's like such a permanent thing, right? That's why I'm using it as an example of, yeah. But other people would, are like, so can, can really hear that loud, hell yeah, hell yes. For me, for me, the hell yes is actually just a choice. I hear like a very subtle, I think this is going to be good for me. And then I powerfully choose it. And then once I've chosen it, those voices might show up, but I'm like, no, I chose this. Right. So like the, the, whether it be something like a tattoo, a new career to, 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 to ask Evan to marry me. Right. Like once I've made the choice, like you can throw all that stuff can throw at me. Like I'm here, I'm in, I, that's the integrity piece. Um, but if I'm the, if I don't, if I'm not in that choice, if I won't say yes and make that choice and I'm in that, like maybe considering it, that's for me when I actually have to get like, like kind of like pay attention because if that becomes a yes, I think it's actually a, a like I'm at, I'm something wacky happened. I think mm-hmm. that like inner space is me like investigating whatever. And it's usually like, that's actually usually a no, like mm-hmm. that little voice is telling me kind of gently and quietly. And to like, hey, make a choice here. Choose this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great example of how important it really is to tap into your intuition because everybody's is different. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I can't tell someone exactly what to do or what theirs is saying because we all have our own ways of hearing it and, and relating to it. And that's beautiful. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know we're coming up on time here, so I want to make sure we get to our last question. I feel like we could go on all day. But <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll go through other calls and we'll come back and we'll keep going. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So what does it mean to you to live your most fully expressed life? I'm going to, you know, you, you had, I know you asked this question. And I didn't know when you, I didn't know what I would answer. And the thing is, I'm going to tie it just right to like where we were. I think to live a fully expressed life is fully acknowledging and embracing and having reverence for our yeses and our nos. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to like fully give ourselves over to our yes and also fully give ourselves over to our no and honor both of those things equally. I had a coach say to me once, if you don't honor their no, how can you honor their yes? Hmm. And I, we, and we don't, and we do that with ourselves. We like don't give full reverence and full permission to both. And so to be fully expressed, like I got to be able to be like, yes, 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 yes. And there's also times where I got to be like, no, because if I were to say yes, it would actually be out of integrity with my expression. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you for that. So good. All right, Alex, where can people find you, connect with you, all the things? TheDreamMason.com. All the things are there. Uh, Also, probably Instagram, inspirational, Alex. Amazing. We'll put it in the show notes and whatnot. Thank you so much for being here, brother. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have you here. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your heart. So beautiful. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Thanks for for becoming a new friend. Yeah. Love it. So many, many more. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to the Fully Express podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd be so honored if you'd hit that rate and review button and leave us some love. If you want some more content from me and some more connection, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at healing W for with Christina. I am so grateful for you and I hope that you're inspired to start living your fully expressed life today.